Good evening. Tonight, we will finish our reading of The Little Prince by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. Chapter 25 Men, said the little prince, crowd into express trains without knowing what they are looking for, so they become agitated and rush around in circles. After a pause, he added, it is not worth the trouble. The well we had reached did not look like the usual wells of the Sahara. The Sahara wells are simple holes dug in the sand. This one looked like a village well. But there was no village here, and I thought I was dreaming. How strange, I said to the little prince. Everything is ready. The pulley, the bucket, and the rope. He laughed, touched the rope, and set the pulley working. And the pulley moaned like an old weathercock when the wind has been asleep for a long time. Can you hear? said the little prince. We have awakened the well, and it is singing. I did not wish him to make an effort. Leave it to me, I said to him. It is too heavy for you. Slowly I pulled up the bucket and planted it firmly on the edge of the well. I could still hear the singing of the pulley in my ears and in the water, which was still trembling. I could see the shimmering of the sun. I am thirsty for this water, said the little prince. Give me some of it to drink. And I understood what he had been looking for. I raised the bucket to his lips. He drank with his eyes closed. It was as sweet as a festival treat. This water was something entirely different from ordinary nourishment. It was born from the walk under the stars, the singing of the pulley, and the effort of my arms. It was good for the heart like a gift. When I was a little boy, the lights of the Christmas tree, the music of the midnight mass, the sweetness of the smiling faces all made up the radiance of the Christmas gift I received. The men where you live, said the little prince, grow five thousand roses in the same garden, and they do not find what they are looking for. They do not find it, I replied. And yet, what they are looking for could be found in a single rose, or in a little water. Yes, indeed, I replied. And the little prince added, But the eyes are blind. One must look with the heart. I drunk the water. I was breathing, breathing easily. The sand at sunset is the color of honey and I was very much enjoying this honey color. Why then was I feeling such grief? You must keep your promise, said the little prince softly as he sat down beside me again. What promise? You know, a muzzle for my sheep. I am responsible for this flower. So I took my rough sketches out of my pocket. The little prince looked at them and laughed as he said, Your baobabs are a bit like cabbages. Oh! And I had been so proud of my baobabs. Your fox! Its ears! They look a bit like horns, and they are too long. 
and he laughed again. You are unfair, little prince. Remember, I could only draw boa constrictors from the outside and boa constrictors from the inside. Oh, that's enough, he said. Children understand. So I drew a muzzle with a pencil, and my heart ached when I gave it to him. You have plans I know nothing about. But he didn't answer. Instead, he said to me, You know, my descent to the earth. Tomorrow will be its anniversary. Then, after a short silence, he added, I came down very near here. And he blushed. And once again, without understanding why, I had a strange feeling of sorrow. However, a question came to my mind. So it is not by mere chance that on the morning I met you eight days ago, you were wandering around all by yourself one thousand miles away from any human habitation. You were returning to the place where you had landed. The little prince blushed again. And I added a little hesitantly, Perhaps because of the anniversary? The little prince blushed again. He never answered questions, but when one blushes, it means yes, does it not? Oh dear, I am a bit frightened, I said to him. Reassuringly, he replied, Now you must work. You must get back to your engine. I shall wait for you here. Come back tomorrow evening. But I was not reassured. I remembered the fox. One runs the risk of crying a bit if one's allow oneself to be tamed. Chapter 26 Beside the well, there was the ruin of an old stone wall. When I came back from my work on the following evening, I saw from some distance my little prince sitting on top of it, his legs dangling. And I heard him saying, Don't you remember? It was not quite here. No doubt another voice answered him since he replied, Yes, yes, it is the right day. It is not the right spot. I continued walking towards the wall, but could still see nothing, nor hear anybody. Yet the little prince answered once again, Yes, of course. You will see where my track begins in the sand. Just wait for me there. I shall be there tonight. I was a mere twenty meters from the wall, and yet I could still see nothing. After a short silence, the little prince spoke again. Is your poison good? Are you sure it will not make me suffer for too long? I stopped in my tracks, my heart aching, but I did not understand why. Now go away he said. I want to get down. Whereupon I dropped my eyes to the foot of the wall, and what I saw made me leap into the air. It was there, raising its head towards the little prince, one of those yellow snakes that can kill you in a matter of seconds. Groping in my pocket for my revolver, I started running. But because of the noise I was making, the snake gently slipped back into the sand, like the dying spray of a fountain. And, in no apparent hurry, disappeared among the stones with a light metallic sound. I reached the wall just in time to catch my little prince in my arms, 
His face was white as snow. What does this mean? I asked him. Why are you talking with snakes? I had untied the golden muffler, which never left him. I had moistened his temples and given him a little water to drink. And now I didn't dare ask him any more questions. He looked at me gravely and put his arms around my neck. I could feel his heart beating like the heart of a dying bird shot with someone's rifle. He said to me, I am so glad you discovered what was the matter with your engine. Now you can go home. How did you know? In fact, I was coming to tell him that, contrary to all expectations, my endeavors had been successful. He didn't reply to my question, but whispered, I too am going home today. Then he added a little sadly, It is much farther away. It is far more difficult. I could sense that something quite extraordinary was about to happen. I was holding him tightly in my arms like a child, and yet it seemed to me that he was slipping straight down into an abyss, and I could do nothing to prevent it. His gaze was grave and lost in the distance. I have your sheep, and I have the box for the sheep, and I also have the muzzle. And he smiled sadly. I waited for a long time. I could feel that little by little he was getting warmer. My dear little man, you were afraid. Of course he had been frightened. But he laughed gently. I shall be far more frightened this evening. Once again I was frozen by a sense of something irreparable, and I realized that I couldn't bear the thought of never hearing that laughter again. It was like a spring of fresh water in the desert for me. Little prince, I want to hear you laughing again. But then he said to me, Tonight will be a year. My star will be just above the spot where I came down a year ago. Little prince, I said, Tell me it is just a bad dream, this story of a snake and of a meeting and a star. But he did not answer my question. Instead, he said to me, what is important cannot be seen. Yes, I know. Justice for the flower. If you love a flower which happens to be on a star, it is sweet at night to gaze at the sky. All of the stars are a riot of flowers. Yes, I know. It is the same with the water. The drought you gave me was just like music. Because of the pulley and the rope, you remember, don't you? It was sweet. Yes, I know. At night, you will gaze at the stars. Where I live, everything is so small that I cannot show you where mine is. It is better like that. My star will be just one of the stars above you, so you will love looking up at them all. They will all be your friends, and I have a present for you. He laughed again. Ah, little prince, my dear little prince, I love to hear that laugh. Precisely. That will be my gift, as it was with the water. What are you saying? 
the stars mean different things to different people. For some people, they are nothing more than twinkling lights in the sky. For travelers, they are guides. For scholars, they are food for thought. For my businessman, they are wealth. But for everyone, the stars are silent. Except from now on, just for you. What do you mean? When you look up at the sky at night, since I shall be living on one of them and laughing on one of them, for you it will be as if all the stars were laughing. You and only you will have the stars that can laugh. And as he said it, he laughed. And when you are comforted, time soothes all sorrows, you will be happy to have known me. You will always be my friend. You will want to laugh with me, and from time to time you will open your window just for the pleasure of it, and your friends will be astonished to see you laughing whilst gazing at the sky. And so you will say to them, Yes, stars always make me laugh. And they will think you are crazy, and I shall have played a very naughty trick on you. And once again he laughed. It will be as if I have given you, instead of stars, a lot of little bells that can laugh. And again he laughed. And then he became serious again. Tonight, you know, do not come. I shall not leave you. I shall seem to be in pain. I shall look as if I were dying. It is like that. Do not come to see that. There's just no point. I shall not leave you. But he was worried. I am telling you this, partly because of the snake. It must not bite you. Snakes are vicious creatures. They can bite just for the fun of it. I shall not leave you. But a, th a second thought reassured him. It is true that they have no poison left for a second bite. That night I did not see him set out. He had left without a sound. When I managed to catch up with him, he was walking along with a quick and resolute step. He merely said to me, Oh, you are here. And he took me by the hand, but he was still worrying. You should not have come. You will be unhappy. I shall look as if I were dead, and it will not be true. I said nothing. You must understand. It is too far. I cannot carry this body with me. It is too heavy. I said nothing. It will look like an old abandoned shell. Not anything to be sad about. I said nothing. He was a little discouraged. But he made one last effort. It will be nice, you know. I too shall look at the stars. And all the stars will be wells with rusty pulleys. All the stars will pour me some water to drink. I said nothing. It will be such fun. You will have five hundred million little bells, and I shall have five hundred million springs of fresh water. And he too said nothing more, because he was crying. Here it is. Let me go on by myself. 
and he sat down, because he was afraid. Then he said, You know, my flower. I am responsible for her, and she is so weak, so trusting. She has four tiny thorns to protect herself against the world. I sat down because I could not remain standing any longer. He said, There now. That is all. He hesitated a little more, then he stood up. He took one step forward. I couldn't move. There was nothing more than a flash of yellow close to his ankle. He stood motionless for a moment. He did not cry out. He fell as gently as a tree falls. There was not even the slightest sound because of the sand. Chapter 27 And now, six years have already gone by. I have never before told this story. The companions who have met me when I returned were glad to see me alive. I was sad, but told them I was tired. Now, I have overcome part of my sorrow. In other words, I have recovered, but not entirely. I do know that he has gone back to his planet because I did not find his body at daybreak. It wasn't such a heavy body after all. And I love to listen to the stars at night. It is like listening to 500 million little bells. But one thing worries me. When I drew the muzzle for the little prince, I forgot to add the leather strap to keep it. He will never be able to fasten it to his sheep so I keep wondering what has happened on his planet. Perhaps the sheep has eaten the flower. From time to time, I say to myself, surely not. The little prince covers his flower every night with her glass dome and watches his sheep carefully. Then I am happy, and all the stars laugh softly. But then I think, well, everyone can be absent-minded at times, and it only takes once. He forgot the glass dome one evening, or the sheep slipped out noiselessly during the night. And the little bells all changed themselves into tears. This is indeed a great mystery. For those of you who, like me, love the little prince, nothing in the universe can be the same while somewhere, nobody knows where, a sheep which we have never seen may or may not have eaten a flower. Look at the sky. Ask yourselves. Has the sheep eaten the flower? Yes or no? And you will see how everything changes. And no grown-up will ever understand why it is so important. To me... The desert is the most beautiful and the saddest landscape in the world. It is the same landscape as in the last picture, but I have drawn it once again to impress upon it in your memory. It is here that the little prince appeared on earth and then disappeared. Look very carefully at the landscape so as to be sure to recognize it if ever one day you travel to Africa through the desert. And if you should happen to 
to come upon the spot. Please do not hurry on. Wait a little, exactly under the star. Then, if a child comes to you, if he laughs, if he has golden locks, and if he refuses to answer questions, you will surely guess who he is. So be kind. Do not leave me grieving. Write to me quickly to tell me that he has come back. The End <laughs>